Welcome to episode 87. Today's guest is Dr. Natalie Forrest. She's a single mom of one from Hamburg, Germany. She's a revolutionary rule breaker, a different kind of bilingual intuitive transformation mentor, spiritual confidence and self-love coach, international best-selling author, and international keynote speaker. Her advice for single parents is breathe. Know that you are doing the best you can and you would not be in the situation if the universe, God, guidance didn't think you could handle it, nor if you had not spiritually chosen it. Thank you for reviewing, downloading, and subscribing to our podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. Now be the messenger of hope and share this episode with one of your friends. Enjoy this conversation with Natalie. If you'd like to suggest a future topic for the podcast, please fill out feedback form located in episode notes. Welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. I am your host, Irina Shehovtsov, and I am on a mission to empower broken-hearted women to break the chains of the past and move forward boldly into the future. Single Parent Success Stories was created to inspire single parents out there who are struggling to help them realize what is possible. Hello and welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. Today's guest comes to us from Germany, a single mom of one, Natalie Forrest. She is a revolutionary rule breaker, a different kind of bilingual intuitive transformation mentor, spiritual confidence and self-love coach, international best-selling author, international keynote speaker. With all that, she is especially proud of the 2016 President Barack Obama Presidential Volunteer Service Award, Lifetime Achievement Award, and having the opportunity to guide her amazing daughter to adulthood. Welcome, Dr. Natalie. It is a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I love the forum that you have. I think it's one of the most important ones that we often neglect. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So please share with us your story. How did you become a single mom? Well, the funny thing is that really you would say, legally speaking, I've only been a single mom for about a, a little over a year. However, I think as uh, many of us know, Sometimes you can be in a relationship and you're still a single mom. So that's sort of what happened to me. And I would say I've been that for about 11 years. My daughter just turned 11. <laughs> um, and and it, it really is, is one of those instances where you just realize that there is no real help. And I raised my daughter in, in the U.S. up until now when we moved to Germany last year. And you know, everything is by car. Usually you got to drive the kids everywhere. So I spend a lot of time, good time with my daughter in the car, but I organized everything. I drove her everywhere. Um, you know, her father would come from time to time to say hi, but most of the time he wasn't there. And so I pretty much made all of the decisions, uh, which I suppose can be good or bad. But sometimes it just felt like a little bit much. Also, the running around as I was trying to create my own business. Uh, but again, you know, when you have a child, I think there's there's nothing more precious. So that's sort of the long-winded story of how I was and and became now officially single mom. Yeah, 
Uh, and it is true sometimes even you could be married and <laughs> running all yes. the doctor's appointments and play yes. dates and, and activities. Yeah, I mean, my, 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 uh, her father didn't even know the doctor's names, leave alone the teacher's names or some of her friends. So, you know, and, and it's sometimes, um, I think what I realize is that two things were really important. If I had had an accident, how, how would he know where to go? Because one time I was actually on a business trip and I was like a little bit far away. He had like a minor accident, nothing big. Somebody hit him from behind, nothing big. But he called me in the middle of the event asking what he should do. Um, and then secondly, when when the child, in my instance, my daughter, talks about school or her friends and there's one person in the room looking like, well, who is this? Um, I don't know what, what? And then then it becomes, you know, I, I kept seeing it in her eyes. It's like, you still don't know? So, th you know, that, that disappointment in a sense, I think that um, that led to me making the decision to really be a single mom. <laughs> yeah. And how was it being a single mom? Did you face any struggles or everything was smooth? Sailing. Oh, no. I mean, I, I think we all do. I, I think thinking I think thinking that we're ready is never correct. I, I think most people that I know, most moms that I know, we may think, we, and I didn't think I was ready, but we may think we're ready and then stuff happens because you cannot predict what another human being needs or wants or how they turn out. So every single day, I think, was... Um, was an experience and you know I would plan things out but I didn't know and then having conversations with her and, and the biggest thing was really having to make all the decisions I know that some couples say it would be easier if I could just make the decision instead of having to ask but for me it was like oh what if it goes wrong what if she doesn't like it what if the school is not right what if it and I felt like I was making all the decisions um, without any support and so I think it's a two-edged sword. But for me, if sometimes even now, it's still like, did I make the right decision moving here? But, you know, I didn't get any kind of, uh, I don't know, hurdles put into my life. So I guess, you know, and I'm very spiritual, so that helps. But still, you know, having to decide who the right doctor is, what the right school is, who the right friends are, if it's too much to do. So I think having to make all the decisions creates a lot of um, self-doubt sometimes because you're wondering, was this right? And you have nobody to blame. <laughs> That's the hard thing. It's like, shoot, I did this all by myself. So I think, you know, that process of not having even a sounding board, and sometimes I did, but honestly speaking, it was pretty worthless because in the end, it was like completely opposite of what my daughter needed. He just didn't understand what she needed. Uh, and it was always holding her back. So I was like, no, I don't even have to you know, ask you because in the end, he gave me permission just to make the decisions anyhow. So the decision making, I think, is the hardest. Yeah. What do you think is the most important trait to instill in a child? <laughs> He's love and understanding. <laughs> Uh, you know, for me, the love, it's the self-love and, and the, um, the, the appreciation of yourself. So being at peace with yourself, loving yourself 
And then understanding yourself, but also everybody else, accepting that everybody else is a little bit different. So, you know, whether it comes to the parents, whether it comes to friend, but it's it's really keeping that self-love alive because that's going to help them uh, be confident later on, trust that they can weather anything. And of course, with the love, also the understanding that you know, as a mom, I love you unconditionally. But it doesn't mean that there are not times when I have to tell you, not that way. We're not doing this, uh, you know, and, and, and balancing that out, but really giving, giving her the understanding that there are some people in your life who are unconditionally going to have your back and have your back with positive criticism as well, because we all want you to shine. And so, yeah, peace, love and understanding. I think that's a song as well. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, if you could go back in the past, what kind of advice would you give yourself? Would you do anything differently about your life? Mm, I've been thinking about that. Um, and I guess, no. I mean, th there are times when we would want to say, ah, yeah, you know, I could have done this. I could have done that. But even though I reflect a lot, it's like, well, if I had stayed with my first husband, then I would never have had my child. If if I didn't have this father, she would have turned out completely different. If I hadn't lived in the United States for that long, would I have the connection? So there are all these what ifs, but in the end, I've learned from everything. She learned from everything. So as, as, um, as much as some people say that want to go back, I really appreciate everything I've gone through because it made me the person that I am. And so I don't think I would want to change anything, actually. Yeah, well, enough. what about advice? Would you give yourself a different advice? Some good words when you were younger? Words when I was younger. I probably would have encouraged myself more. So um, I would have said, don't be so hard on yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. I think that would be the one thing um yeah because I'm hard on myself not I'm not necessarily hard on others but I have high expectations of myself and that sometimes can be uh leading to a breaking point yeah yeah so please tell us how did you decide to become a transformation mentor I didn't <laughs> I didn't decide it just happened um <laughs> And it's actually funny because I'm a historian and a teacher by trade I came out the woman that was what it going to be but at the same time, when I came out of the womb, I also had some other traits that actually scare some people. So, you know, I, I kept holding back on those. And then, um, you know, when I was teaching history, I at some point I realized, yes, I was teaching history, but really I was getting life skills into my students. And since I was giving them life skills, sharing with them life skills, I realized, okay, how can I balance this? And then a dear friend of mine took me aside one day and said, you know what? Stop. You're in a safe space. Stop. You need to go out and you need to actually teach what you're teaching to more people. And that's how it all worked. Because I even I, I never even wanted to have a business. And when I look at the words, you know, there are so many coaches. There's so much happening. But a lot of people, I don't think, understand the difference between coaching, consultant, and mentor. So being a historian and 
all of that, you know, I picked the word mentor on purpose. And transformation to me is crucial because when we come to this planet, we we come a certain way and then we take on all sorts of societal behaviors. And we need to be on a transformational path where we reconnect with ourselves, I believe, you know, spiritually, conscious-wise, awareness-wise. And so my goal is to, because what I've seen, you know, help at least a million people live their lives their way. And that means loving you, being at peace with you, and then contributing to the world your special talents. That's really how it came to be without any real planning. Well, you know, it happens. I, I think, you know, if you if you just follow guidance, whatever you believe in, it, it, it works out somehow. And I, that's how I feel. You know, there are still challenges, obviously, but um, I think that to me is the most important piece. And I try to live it also in my personal life. Yeah. What makes you happy? Myself. <laughs> I know that sounds weird. So there, there, you know, I believe that happiness comes from within. Yeah. So um, if I may change the question a little bit, what adds to my happiness or what subtracts it? So what adds to my happiness is clearly my daughter. I mean, she is such a precious gift. Every time I see her, think of her, um, I mean, it just, you know, adds to my overall happiness, even in the moments where I'm angry with her you know, or when I have to make plans by myself. That's a huge one. Um, you know, our cats, um, really, I'm so grateful for everything. I mean, what makes me happy right now is looking out the window and, and seeing the green tree and the sun. So I, I try to take everything in. But in general, what makes me happy is myself. What adds to my happiness, I choose on a daily basis. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what makes your heart sing? My daughter, my daughter, or when I work with a client and they have that breakthrough. I mean, they, they as, as you know, you know, there are many breakthroughs, but when that breakthrough comes up, yes, I'm worthy. It's like, yes, you are. Yes, I'm special. Yes, you are. So those things where, where there's this aha moment, either in my clients or in other people, um, that really gives me this yes that they realize it. So yeah, my daughter and and, and also when I'm with animals, when I uh, when I get to be with either my cats or or horses, just with animals um, because they're very intuitive. So it's just like <laughs> I'm not sure if you expected any of these answers. <laughs> There is no right or wrong answers. Yes, that's a good thing. Yeah. Are there any fun projects you're working on that you'd like to share? Well, I'm working always on some projects. I have a child. So right now, a fun project is planning her fall break. That's fun. Because I'm doing a little... It is fun because I see her eyes light up now that she's able, and you know, she's 11, so she can help me a little bit. Um, you know, planning some of the things with her outings. My mom just showed me something where there's going to be fireworks. So those are personal projects. 
bigger project, yes, I am very, very excited about my upcoming spirituality workshop. Because that to me is key. It's a six-week course. I'm finally going back to those roots. I'm very, very excited about it. It's just fun. It's just, as you see, you know, it just makes me giggle just thinking about all the things we'll explore. Um, and also, you know, just um, in general, um, some of the events that I'm going to be attending, they're really fun. And I'm looking forward, especially to a meeting in October with a group here in Europe, which is uh, the transformational leaders. Uh, and, you know, we get together and it's really fun because everybody contributes. But yeah, right now I would say planning vacation for my daughter and then um, my own six-week workshop is really going to be exciting. Nice, nice. <laughs> what are some of the causes you're passionate about? Okay. <laughs> Obviously, self-love, but causes, you know, animals, absolutely, animals, the youth, um, you know, and we, uh, I combine youth and, and animals sometimes. The youth is, is a huge thing for me, um, helping them see their own value, of course, but also helping them remain in touch with who they really are in their spirituality. Um, you know, animals, uh, protection of animals, protection of the environment, um, equality, equality and understanding for people. So I think if you were to look at the um, 17 sustainability goals of the UN, you know, I think I can fit at least 10, if not all of them, into what I work on because they all um, connect. Education is a huge one for me. You know, there are some countries where education is not free. There are other countries where education is limited by law to some people. To me, that's just mind-blowing because you know, education takes place not just in the school system and something the school system is really not <clears throat> appropriate. But in education, yeah, our youth, um, just humanity. How can I help improve humanity? And that's where all the different aspects come in. Yeah, I love those causes. Yeah, I think education is important. And yeah, and and you know, and, and we make it we make it too hard. And my daughter actually wrote a poem about. Uh, you know, her and I had a conversation about education because I am an educator one way or another. And and it's like in some in some places, you know, the U.S. in particular, a lot is about multiple choice. That's not really learning. And, uh, you know, you have to do things a certain way. And I experienced that when I was in the U.S. working on a thesis. It's like, no, that's not the topic I want. I want to work on this topic. And they were trying to tell me what to do and how to do it. And so... Um, she wrote a poem about um, robots being created in the school system. And I was like, whoa, it's very short, but I was like, yeah, okay, you got it. Yeah. So that's, that's why we break rules together. And, you know, we talk about it. Yes. Oh, in your introduction, you mentioned that you are a rule breaker. So please, <laughs> a revolutionary rule breaker. Can you talk more about that? Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Um, those two words I didn't come up with. The first word that I've had for a long time now is revolutionary. And again, I didn't come up with it. I was actually on a podcast. And at the very end, the uh, the hostess, she was like, so out of the blue, 
you consider yourself a revolutionary. And I was like, uh, what? And, you know, then I felt like I was in a movie because my life started like spinning in front of me. And, you know, I do I, I, I do some things that are by the book, but behind the book, I'm like trying to erode the system, if you will. You know, and yeah, I moved from Germany to the U.S. all by myself. Now I moved back. I guess you could consider that, you know, a bit revolutionary. And revolutions don't have to be bloody all the time. Sometimes they're revolutions of the mind and sometimes it's just a change in perspective. So, you know, that's that stuck with me. Um, and then Rule Breaker. Um, actually, I was talking to a colleague of mine, maybe not eight, eight months ago, six months ago. And she's like, yeah, you are revolutionary, but you're more than that. You're breaking all the rules. I'm like, okay. And then when she explained how she saw it, it made perfect sense because I do. Uh, again, you know, I wrote the system. So I, I follow some rules, you know, legal rules. Of course, I follow them. You know, my daughter's in school because she has to be in school in Germany. Otherwise, I'd homeschool her. But then, on the other hand, I do break the rules a little because we still homeschool a little bit. So I, I do change things up because I have realized based on my historical and scientific background that if things don't work right now, you can't keep doing the same thing. Einstein said it too. So you have to break the rules and just start, you know, chipping away at what is happening right now. Um, and again, that sometimes just happens with the mindset, you know, changing the perspective. But yes, that's how it came into being. And we break a lot of rules together. Uh, we've always done that. And, and it's just fun because you can see your limits and you can really find out what you like about. I love that. <laughs> How was it for you, you know, moving? What what changed? What made you move back to Germany? Um, well... And especially and, in the pandemic and all, how, how did that... Well, yeah, it was actually, you know, the pandemic was part of the reason. Mm -hmm. um, because um, be, because up until then, I was trying to hold things together, at least officially speaking. And it was then that my daughter was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so everything that I had tried to almost protect her from, she was now like seeing it. I mean, I had no way of telling her that her father was just busy. Now he was sitting in the next room playing video games. So yeah, it didn't work anymore. So it's like, no, it doesn't work. Uh, and so, you know, that was a big part. Um, the fact that um, my mom had a couple of health issues, the fact that it was the perfect time for education, I was unhappy with the education anyhow, it was in a great school, but even there, I was unhappy by standards. And she was going to move into fifth grade. And that, going back to Germany, that is perfect. Because you go, everybody goes from fourth to fifth grade to a completely different school. So that meant every child, you know, some, of course, go to the same school, but pretty much every child was going to be in a completely different situation. Everybody was going to have to adapt to a completely new school system, day system, and so forth. So it was the perfect time to do it. Um, so we did it. We tried it out for a year and about two, three weeks into her being in Hamburg, where she's been a couple of times but never lived. She looked at me and she said, I'm home. And I was like, okay, guess was the right decision. Um, and that those things all combined really were the impetus. Plus, I believe 
for myself personally um, that it was time. I still do a lot of things in, in, in the U.S., still have a lot of connections, you know, clients, people I work with. But I believe we're always in, in a location for a specific time. And the time was over because I kept feeling something has to change. Something has to change. And when you listen to that, so the question was what had to change? And then it was like, oh, guess what? Location has to change. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I know I'm needed here right now. Yeah. I think it's amazing, you know, being able to pick up and go. <laughs> yeah, it was was an interesting experience for sure. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> and we took our cats, let's not forget that. So the cats had to be on the plane with us. <laughs> so add that to the mix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is it like living in Germany? It's exactly the way I remembered it and better. Because, you know, I left, of course, for a number of reasons. One was just very simple that I was going to study and then, you know, I met a guy, all of that. But um, I left also because I felt a little bit stumped. I felt like I couldn't do the things I wanted to. And so um, now coming back and having lived in the U.S. for so long, I realized that I'm free. Here I'm truly free, and it sounds weird given all the stereotypes, but here I can I, I can live, I can breathe, I can talk about anything I want to talk about. Nothing's holding me back, um, and so it's it's even better because now I have a different appreciation, and I have seen that the people here, especially Humboldt, is considered usually to be arrogant. Yeah, um, it's people are nice, people are friendly. And when they're friendly, they're not just asking you, hey, how you doing? And don't want an answer. So they're actually, you know, they actually want to engage and talk to you. Um, so, yeah, it's exactly the same and better. And I almost feel like I haven't left. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, well, kind of weird, I know, but, you know. Well, not, nothing is weird. I'm just curious <laughs> because I moved, I moved from uh, Soviet Union to, you know, mm -hmm when I was 17 and just curious about the experiences of yeah. countries and of course you were coming back to your homeland <laughs> yes yeah and it's you know it's um sometimes like I said we get we get a different appreciation and and you know I don't think I'm going to stay forever in Germany that, that's a whole different story but you know right now I'm in the right place uh and, and we'll see what happens next so I think being open to what life has in store for you is also really crucial. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of advice can you give to single parents who are just stepping on the single parenting journey? The best advice is that um, love your child, respect your child, understand the child is an individual, and then support the child. Whatever decision you make from love is going to be okay. Sometimes it'll work out, sometimes it won't. But as long as you do it from love in support of your child as an individual, that's all they can ask for. That's all we can ask for. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything I haven't asked that you'd like to share? I don't think so. 
I don't think so. No, I don't think so. <laughs> if people would like to connect with you, learn more about you, where would they go? Um, they can find me pretty much anywhere. Um, you know, social media, of course. I think that's how you and I found each other. <laughs> okay. Um, and so anywhere on social media, it's just my name. I'm very, very transparent. You know, I'm me. So my name, and there's even a picture, so you can't mess up. Um, or if you're not feeling that that avenue because not everybody likes social media, my website, natalieforest.com, pretty transparent, or send me an email, info at natalieforest.com, pretty transparent. Yes, and it's just one R in forest, just like the tree thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we will include all of the links huh. in episode notes so people can connect directly with you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. And thank you again for what you do and the advice you provide. If you like this episode, please share with somebody who would benefit. You can leave comments, topic suggestions, and add your reviews on Apple Podcasts. It also helps greatly when you download the episode. If you feel lost, emotionally hurt after divorce and want to rediscover who you are, you don't have to do it alone. Join our community on Facebook, Limitless Women, Self-Love, Mindset and Support for Relationships, where we hold trainings and various events to help you thrive and become happy again. Because life after divorce is possible and can even be great. If no one told you today, I want you to know that I love you and believe in you because you are limitless.